Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. A couple of weeks ago that uh, there were two Sundays here where we're kind of in between that there were a couple of messages that God had put on my heart uh, that were just some practical encouraging uh, messages that I wanted to share with you before we headed into um, going through the book of Galatians and last week if you did if you were not here you have not listened to that I would highly encourage it uh, we talked about when one thing leads to another and the life of David and went through that story this week um, I've simply titled this message if you're taking notes when you feel like giving up when you feel like giving up come on is there anybody at church today be honest and say you've had times where you've just felt like giving up you have felt like giving up. Come on, some of you are sitting in the room. Don't raise your hand, but right now you're sitting in the room and you just feel like, you feel like giving up. Uh, you feel like maybe this is the way it's always going to be for me. Maybe this is the way this relationship's always going to be. Maybe this is how my life is always going to be. This is the way my job's always going to be. You just feel like you're in a place where you want to give up. And so here's what I would say to you as we go through the message today. Um, what I'm not here to do, what I am not trying to do is I don't feel like I need to motivate you not to give up. Uh, because motivation may last for a season, but then you would find yourself right back in the place that you were. Anybody ever been motivated to do something? Come on. We all do this every single year at the beginning of the year. We're ending December. We're heading into January. We are motivated to make a change, and then by like February the 1st, the motivation is gone, and reality sets in. And what is reality? Listen, reality is how you're living your life. It's the principles that you're living your life by. They set in, and they take over in place of motivation. And so I don't want to motivate you. What I want to do is give you some principles from Scripture that I believe if you will apply these to your life and you will live life this way, then even when you may find yourself in seasons where you feel like giving up, you can remind yourself of what God's Word says and what you can actually step into. Does that make sense? And so that's where I want to go today, talking about when you feel like giving up. And so if you're taking notes, here is point number one. Um, each one of these is going to kind of be answering the question, when you feel like giving up, what is something that, uh, a principle from Scripture that I believe you should do? So here's number one. When you feel like giving up, you need to seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. We need to be reminded when we feel like giving up, that we need to seek first the kingdom. Um, this is a principle that we talk about over and over, and you hear us quote, even from this platform, several different times, whether it's in a message or it's just in an encouraging word. Or something like that, Matthew 6.33, which we're going to read that in just a moment and some verses before it and get some context as to what Jesus was saying. Uh, but this is something that we have heard this before. We have heard this spoken on before, but this is difficult for us to live out for some reason. Um, we, we get our priorities all out of whack. And I think that sometimes we find ourselves feeling discouraged and feeling like we want to give up. Not because of maybe anything that's outside that's going on. Maybe it's because of decisions we've made and how we have, we have uh, not gotten everything in the right priority. And God is not first and we're not seeking him and we're seeking other things. And so it eventually leads us into frustration and things like that. I think that uh, we just get our priorities out of whack sometimes. We begin to seek after things. We begin to seek after security. Uh, we begin to worry about what we need or the things that we want. 
uh, we begin, this is a big one, we begin to focus on the provision more than the provider. And so we get everything out of whack whenever we start, we start seeking after the things that we want or that we need and we're trying to get them in our own strength instead of, we're seeking the provision instead of seeking the one who is the provider of everything that we need. Uh, sometimes we just get things out of whack and so we worry and we stress and we think and we process. And I think over time it leads us many times to a place of feeling worn out and just like we're ready to give up. And so I want to... Uh, dive into this a little bit because here's here's what I believe that I think that ultimately when we live life this way and we get our priorities out of whack and we're seeking the things uh, above seeking God in our lives I think that it is an attempt we may, we would not say it this way but it is almost like we have decided that we can be our own God and that we don't need to seek first the one true God that I, I'm trying to, to reach out and I'm trying to take hold of what it is that I want and what I need instead of, instead of going to the principle in Scripture to where God says, no, if you'll do it this way, then all the other things will be added to you. And so we just sometimes get priorities out of whack and it causes us to be in a place where we feel like giving up. And I want to uh, read from Matthew chapter 6. And right before, we're going to start in verse 25, but right before this, you need to know, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking to this large crowd of people and he's telling them and he's preaching all of these principles in life. And some things are contrary to what they had been taught. Some are, you know, taking things that step further than what they've been taught. Uh, some are things that they may have been taught the complete opposite, you know, by the religious leaders. And Jesus is saying, no, this is the way that the kingdom operates. And right before this, Jesus has been talking about, he's been talking about our treasure. He's been talking about money. He's been talking about possessions and all of these things. And then he, he picks up in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6, and this is what it says. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who, are, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Come on, there's a word for many of us today. That who of us, by worrying, can add anything to our life? Worry is not the answer. He goes on, he says, And why do you worry about clothes? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles strive after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, Jesus is asking these people, and I think he's asking some of us today, he's, he's asking us, why are you so worried and concerned and anxious and seeking after all of these things? Why are you so worried about the things that your heavenly father already knows that you need? And then I love the Bible because sometimes we read over things and little details that give us some insight into a little bit more depth into what Jesus was saying. 
And we read verse 33, and it says that, you know, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. But right before that, he's gone through all of this list, and why are you worried about this, and why are you worried about that? And we could fill in the blank with the things that we need in our culture today or that you need in your family today or that you need in your marriage today. But in verse 32, I love that Jesus tells us who actually operates in this way. And in this translation, in a lot of translations, the word that's used is the Gentiles. And this is a Greek word here that is actually the word ethnos, which describes a particular group of people. So Jesus is saying there's a particular group of people that are worried about these things and anxious about these things. And in this context, he says, here is the particular group of people. It's the people that don't know me. He says, why are, you, why are you operating in this way? Why are you worried about these things and anxious about these things and seeking after all of the things? He says, this is the people that operate in that way, the people that are striving after all of the things in their life. Instead of seeking me, they're the people that don't know me. And then it, and right after that, he says, for your heavenly father already knows everything that you need. So it's the people that don't know me and don't believe that I am the provider, that I already know everything that you need before you ever even ask it. He says it's the Gentiles. It's that, it's that group of people that does not have relationship with me. They're the ones who worry about these things. So why are you worried about these things if you're a child of God? Because he is your provider. And if we seek first the kingdom of God, then all the other things will be added unto us. I'm not seeking provision. I'm seeking the provider. Let me even know there's a difference. There's a difference in seeking provision and seeking the provider. There's a difference in seeking God and seeking His hand. Sometimes we get so desperate for something we need in our life, we start seeking God's hand, but we've never really been seeking God all along. And he says, I already, I already know everything that you need. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that you need will be added to you as well. Seek first the kingdom. Here's what I've come to realize is that seeking the provision instead of the provider, it leaves me frustrated when things don't look good to me. Because I'm not seeking the one who provides, I'm seeking what he can do for me. And when I don't get exactly what I want him to do for me, then I become frustrated and sometimes we blame God and we get frustrated at God and we get frustrated at, at the church and we get frustrated at other believers in our lives that, you know, tell it just keep believing, keep believing. Well, I've been, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything else will be added unto you. And seeking the provider, seeking God, it puts everything in my life into perspective and it focuses me more on what God's will is, which we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, in that thread in point number two. But I want to ask you this question before we move on. Are you seeking God or are you seeking his hand? Because when we seek God and we seek his kingdom above all else, then we receive everything that we need. So when you feel like giving up, I think you need to remind yourself to seek first the kingdom. 
I think you need to remind yourself today, if you're in a place where you feel like giving up, you need to, you need to maybe take inventory of your life and say, what am I seeking after? What am I seeking after? Who am I seeking after? Who am I following really? What am I seeking really? Because when we seek first the kingdom, Jesus said, all the things that you need will be added unto you as well. Here's point number two. I think when you feel like giving up, you need to be persistent. Be persistent. I want to read, um, we're going to start in Matthew 7, but I want to read this, uh, this principle from two different Gospels because Luke records it, and he actually uh, records a, a story, if you will, that goes along with what was said. This is in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Jesus says, Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking it will be open. Or what man is there among you if, he asks, if his son asks for bread will instead give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will instead give him a snake? If you then, evil or sinful by nature, as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him? I want you to look at this with me. It's in Luke chapter 11. I want to start in verse 5. Uh, in what is called, you know, what would be called, maybe the, the heading in your Bible is the parable of persistence. The parable of persistence. This is what it says. It says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three, three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine who is on a journey has come to visit me, and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside he answers, do not bother me, the door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot give up, get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything just because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking persistently receives. He who keeps on seeking persistently finds. And to him who keeps on knocking persistently, the door will be open. Um, as I was preparing this, I, I really felt in my spirit that there were some people that you felt like giving up, but not only did you feel like giving up, you felt like giving up on the things of God, or maybe even the promises of God, or maybe even what you've been believing God for. That you found yourself in a place where you don't know if it's really worth the energy to keep praying and keep believing God for what you've been believing Him for. I felt like, you know, maybe you, you feel like giving up on believing for your healing. You feel like giving up on restoration in your marriage relationship. You feel like giving up on your son or your daughter who isn't serving the Lord. You feel like giving up on your health. You feel like giving up on your purpose. You feel like giving up on the friend that you've been working on and inviting to church and trying to share the love of Jesus with. And there's something going on in your life that you have just felt like giving up on. I've been believing God for this, and I haven't seen what I thought I would see. And so I'm, I'm considering, I'm feeling like my emotions are telling me I'm weary and I'm tired of this, and I just feel like giving up. And I came to tell somebody today not to give up. I don't think you're in this seat by accident today if you felt like giving up. 
I think that the God of the universe, your Heavenly Father, loves you enough to know that you would be sitting here feeling like you're ready to give up so that He could remind you through somebody who just wants to be His mouthpiece that you don't need to give up. You don't need to give up. Be persistent. Come on, be persistent in your prayers. Be persistent in your love. Be persistent in your faith. Be persistent in your commitment to your marriage or whatever it is that you feel like giving up on that you are considering throwing in the towel. Be persistent. Be persistent. There are other people I felt like that maybe you're here today and you're frustrated and you're discouraged because you feel like you've been asking and you've been seeking and you've been knocking and you don't think you're seeing what you thought you would be seeing. I think there are some that we just need to begin the process of saying, you know what, I need to ask and seek and knock and just be persistent. I think there are others that, that we need to continue to persevere because it seems like we've been asking and it's going the opposite direction. We've been seeking and we're not really hearing anything. We've been knocking and we don't know which door to walk through. And it's frustrating and it's discouraging and I think that sometimes that leads us to feel like giving up. Because we feel like we've been trying. Come on, you ever made that statement before? You ever been, you ever been praying or just talking to God driving down the road and you're like, God, I'm trying. I have been reading the Bible. I have been trying to pray. I have been trying to make the right decision. I have been trying to do the right thing. I have been trying to figure out what it is that you want for my life. I have been trying to figure out what my purpose is, and I just feel like I'm getting nothing. And for you, I want to encourage you, and really all of us, with something that, uh, that I was studying on as I was preparing this, because I was thinking on these three words, ask, seek, and knock. And, and I started thinking, and I was reading some things and studying some things, and, and I was like, what if, what if these are three individual actions, but they are three things that build on each other? What if, what, if, what if we've been reading it as we need to ask, okay, I'm asking, but we're not doing, like, whatever your situation is, you're asking, 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 but there's no seeking and there's no knocking. What if there are three individual things that we can do, but what if they're meant to even build off of each other? And I'll tell you what I mean as we go through this. Um, as I was, I, was, I was studying this, here are the three things, the three words, asking, seeking, knocking. Here's what I feel like. Asking shows humility and an awareness of a need. Think about this. You don't ask somebody for something unless you don't have it. If you have it, you have no need to ask for it. So asking shows that I am humbling myself and I'm aware that I have a need that I need to ask you for something. I think it's a picture of us humbling ourselves and being aware that I, I can't do this and I don't have the strength to do this and I don't have the ability to do this in my own power. I am aware that I have need of God in my life. I'm aware that he is the need meter. That I am not my own provider, that he is my provider. And so when I begin to ask, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making it, I have an awareness and a humility that says, you know what, I don't have this. This is what I am needing in my life, and I don't have it, and I don't have the ability to do it in my own strength. 
And so I'm asking God, and I'm going to keep on asking. So asking shows humility and an awareness of a need. Seeking, as I was studying this, I think it's a desire to pursue God's will about what you're asking for. So I'm aware that I have a need, so not only am I going to ask God to meet my need, but I'm also going to seek His will in the thing that I'm asking for. So I'm not going to ask for my own well-being, so to speak, or for my own things that I want in my life or what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm going to say, you know what, this is what I have need of. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to ask because I know I'm not my provider. God is my provider. And I'm going to seek his will. God, I'm asking you for this. What is it that you want to do in this area of my life? What is it that you want me to have? What is it that you are trying to do in my life through this situation? What is your will in this area of my life? Here's what I'm asking for, but not only am I asking for it, I'm going to seek your will. It's about desiring what God knows is best above all else. Come on, Isaiah would tell us that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we can't see the whole picture, though God can see the end from the beginning. And so sometimes, is there anybody at church today that's thankful for the things that God didn't give you because he knew it would hurt you? And you were asking for something and believing God for something and God was like, you, you really don't know exactly what you're asking for. And if I was to give you that, it would actually do more harm than it would do good. And Matthew 7, 11, I think it was, tells us that he is the giver of good and advantageous gifts. Like, he wants to give you what is good. So we need to seek his will in the matter. God, what is it that you are doing? What is it that you have for me in this area of my life? So we seek because we truly want to know and experience something or somebody. And then the knocking, I think it reflects perseverance. That we're asking, we're aware of a need, we're humbling ourselves, we're seeking God's will on the matter, and that we're going to persevere. And I begin asking myself this question that I want to ask you. What if we're giving up too soon? What, what, if, what if we're giving up before, before we receive what it is that God wants to give us? Because I think a lot of times, and a lot of translations say, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. And that's, that's good, but, the, but these words are not like a one-time, it's not a picture of a one-time event. If you study it, it's not like ask one time and, and you're going to receive. What if, it's, what if it's ask and you receive and then you're going to have need of something else. And so I'm going to keep asking and I'm going to keep receiving. I'm going to keep knocking. And once God opens this door and I know which path to take, then, he's made, then there's going to be another door. And so I'm going to keep knocking and I'm going to keep asking and I'm going to keep seeking his will. And, and I'm not just going to ask for my own benefit, but I'm going to seek what it is that he desires for my life, knowing that he is good and perfect and faithful and he wants to give me good and advantageous gifts. And I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to keep on knocking and I'm going to keep on asking. And God, whatever it is that you want from me I want all that you have for me open the right doors do the right things in my life what if we just give up too soon what if we don't allow God to show us his will in the matter or we get impatient and we ultimately don't receive what God wanted to give us because we became discouraged and we gave up and so here's what I believe we're called to do I think you know, looking at this, it, this picture as a whole, I think we're, we're called to humble ourselves and recognize our need for God. Recognize that we have need of Him. We're, we're called to pursue His will above all else. 
And we're called to persist in prayer with the confidence that our Heavenly Father will provide what is best for us. And I think this goes right along with something that James said in James chapter 4, starting at verse 1. He says, what causes conflicts and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the passions at war within you? You crave what you do not have. You kill and covet, but are unable to obtain it. You quarrel and fight. And look at this. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may squander it on your pleasures. When I read this verse and I tied it in with what I was reading in Luke and in Matthew and the things that Jesus said, I started seeing it in a different light. That James is saying, you do not have because you do not ask. Could it, can I submit to you that you do not have because you do not ask? You do not have because you will not humble yourself and you don't have an awareness that you actually need God? And if you don't realize that you actually need God in this area of your life, you won't ask. If you don't realize that you need something, you won't ask somebody for it. You only ask when you know that you have a need. I don't have what I need, and so I'm going to ask. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to ask. And then he goes on and says, and when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Could it be that if you ask and you keep on asking, you'll receive, but that we need to seek him and seek his will and ask with the right motive because we've sought his will and we know what it is that God has for our life and we know what his will is in our lives and we've read the word and we've read all the places come on in the Bible where God says this is the will of God for those who are in Christ Jesus and we know what God's will is and so whenever we know whenever we're seeking him and we know what his will is and we're constantly seeking and seeking and seeking him then I think, I believe, that it will change the way that we ask and the things that we ask for. And so you ask and you do not receive because you're asking with the wrong motive. You're asking so that you can get something to squander it on your own pleasure, and I want to give you good gifts so that you can use them to benefit others and so that I can accomplish my will on the earth. You're asking with the wrong motives, and so you don't get what you're asking for. So maybe asking and seeking and knocking actually build on each other Matthew 7 11 he tells us he says that God is the giver of good and advantageous gifts and I was asking myself why would our Heavenly Father give to us and here's here's what I believe because the fact that we're asking him shows a humility and awareness of our need for him And God will not give us things, I believe, that are not going to be good and not going to be to our advantage. If you're not receiving what you're asking for, maybe you're asking with the wrong motive. Maybe God's answer is not yet. Maybe God knows that if he answered that prayer for you or if he gave you that thing that you so desire, it would actually cause you more harm than it would good. Come on, sometimes, I, I know this is not popular to say, but sometimes we just have to accept the fact that God is God and we are not. And I know we're, like, we're seeking answers on everything, and sometimes we just have to accept the fact that God sees the whole picture. 
And I'm going to do everything in my power to ask and seek and knock and keep seeking his will. And I'm going to seek first the kingdom. I believe that he's going to meet all of my needs. And I'm going to trust him with everything else. I'm going to trust him with everything else. Amen? So when you feel like giving up, remind yourself of your need for God. Truly seek his will for the situation above all else. And be persistent, continuing to ask, seek, and knock. Knowing that, hey... I have a heavenly father who gives good gifts to his kids. And so I'm going to ask and seek and knock, and I'm going to trust that when he gives me something, it's for my good. When he gives me something, it's for my benefit. It's for my advantage. And then here's point number three. When you feel like giving up, I think you need to be reminded to press on. Press on. If you were here this last, not last night, but the Saturday before we had our marriage night, and uh, so many couples just filled this room to invest in their marriage relationship, and it was just, it was awesome to see it, and, and one of the teachings that we were able to hear and be a part of, uh, the guy was talking about uh, Philippians chapter 3, and he was talking about pressing on, he was talking about pressing on in our marriages, and so I want to echo a few of the things and the thoughts that he said, and I want to kind of uh, tie it all together today as we kind of bring this to a close uh, with this final point that I think we need to be reminded that we need to press on. And so I want to read, read these verses. This is in Philippians chapter 3. Paul is writing this. And he says this, starting in verse 12. He says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider my, myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, look at this, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, he says, I press on and here's how I do it. The one thing that he is doing is he is pressing on. And he gives some, some right there in the middle, he says, one thing I do, doing these things, it helps me to do the one thing, which is pressing on. And, and I feel like there are some of us that we are we feel like giving up because we feel stuck. We feel stuck in our past. We feel stuck in who we used to be. We feel stuck in what we've done before. We feel stuck in all these areas. Come on, some of us, you feel stuck in your marriage. You feel stuck in depression. You feel stuck in this negative cycle. It seems like it's one negative thing after another negative thing after another negative thing. And some of it, you know, like you can look back on it and you're like, wow, I wish I hadn't done that and I hadn't gone here. And there's all this regret. Some of us are stuck in regret. And Paul is telling us two things that he does. He says, here's what I do. I press on and here's how I press on. And I had this picture. I had somebody come up to me uh, in between the services and said they had this picture in their mind. And I told them, I'm going to use that because I think it's a great visual for what God's wanting to communicate in this message where we're talking about pressing on. And it was this picture of you, you feel like, so you feel like you're stuck in the mud. And there's something back here that's pulling you and won't let you go forward. And you don't feel like you can get your feet out of the mud so that you can go forward. And it was this image that you're standing in these boots and it's not your feet that are stuck in the mud. It's what you have your feet in. And if you will pull your feet out of the boots that are stuck in, your feet are not stuck in the mud. Come on, you're a new creation according to the word of God. 
you've surrendered your life to Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come, and you're standing here and you feel stuck, and what I want to try to help us do today is step out of the boots and start taking one step after another step forward so that we're not staying in this stuck place. You can press on. I know you don't feel like it right now. There's somebody sitting in here today and you're thinking, I don't know, I don't, that all sounds really good, but I, don't, I, think it's, I think it's over. I think it's done. I, I, don't, I don't have the energy to press on. You can press on. And here's what Paul says. He says, I press on and I do two things that help me do that. First, he tells us this. He says, I forget what's behind. Woo. Some of us need to forget what's behind. I forget what's behind. Listen, what regret are you still holding on to? What have you not been able to forgive yourself for? And it's got you in a stuck place. What decision did you make that didn't turn out well? Or what past life do you keep being reminded of? Or what was spoken over you that you can't seem to let go of? And it has you in a stuck place. And Paul says, I forget what's behind. And we would, we would hear the word forget. And we think, okay, Gabe, that's not possible. How can I literally forget what's, you mean to tell me that I can forget everything that I've ever done, I can forget everybody that ever hurt me, I can forget all of the things that have happened in my past, I can forget all of the bad decisions I've made, I can forget all of that stuff. If you look up the word forget, the original word is also translated as neglect. So while you might not be able to mentally forget everything that you've done, and every person that has hurt you, come on, how many of you know the enemy is going to keep trying to bring it up in your mind? You remember when? You remember when? You try to take a step forward and step out of that boot, and the enemy's like, oh, get back here. You know who you are. You try to take a step forward. Oh, get back in there. You know you can't move forward. You try to take a step forward. Oh, come on. You know they all don't think you're qualified. You're just always going to be that. Your relationship is always going to look like this. The enemy is going to try to keep bringing it up, but what you can do is what Paul said. He said, I neglect what's behind me. And I looked up the word neglect. I love this. You know what neglect means? To give little attention or respect to. Some of us in this room are giving too much attention and respect to what's happened in the past. And Paul said, here's how I press on. I stopped giving attention and respect to what happened back here. We're talking about Paul. Have you ever... We, we read, okay, we read the epistles and the letters that Paul wrote and all these things. Do you, have you ever read who Paul was before all that? You got to believe that it was not easy for Paul. I mean, I can imagine him sitting down to write something. He's trying to answer some questions. His church sent him some, you know, this letter, and he's writing all these things down that we have recorded in the Bible today and all these letters, and he's writing it down. And, and you, you got you to think, like, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, what am I doing? How did I, like, how did I get, I used to be the Christian killer. And, and even people that, you think about people that, that were around Paul, and God is speaking to people to go to Paul, and you, it's even recorded where there were some other believers that were like, I don't want to go to Paul. You're, like, I feel like I'm supposed to go to Paul. Do you realize who Paul is? We don't even know that Paul's really saved. You know, like, I've been hearing some stories, and, 
okay, conversion and this and that. But what if Paul is just faking it so that he can get us to come to him so that he can murder us like he's done everybody else that we've known? And Paul is like, no, no. And he's writing in these letters and he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ. Paul, a slave of Christ. Paul, appointed to preach the gospel and to go and plant these churches and do all of these things. And it's almost like I get this visual that Paul is having to remind himself who he is in Christ. He's having to continue. I mean, this is the same Paul that said, you know what? We take our thoughts captive. You probably don't write that down if you're not having to actually take your thoughts captive. I mean, being reminded of all of the stuff that he had done and where he had come from and the people that won't believe what he's saying because they know who he used to be. Yet he's pressing on. And he says, here's how I press on. Number one, I forget, I neglect, I stop giving respect and attention to everything that happened back here. I've got to take my thoughts captive. I'm, I'm forgetting what is behind. And many of us feel like giving up because we are holding on to the past we're holding on to past mistakes and past hurts and past conversations and past relationships and just our past in general when today God is calling you forward. Can I tell somebody today is a new day? Today is a new day. I want to read, there are three verses. Many of us, we've heard these verses before, but maybe you didn't know where they were at in the Bible. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 23 through 24 says, Because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we are not consumed, for His mercies never fail. They're, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Is anybody thankful today that his mercies are new every morning? Today's a new day. And today you can make the decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to neglect, I'm going to stop giving attention to all the things that the enemy keeps trying to bring up from my past. And I'm going to press on. And then here's the second thing as the worship team comes back. The second thing that Paul says in order to press on, he says, I strain toward what's ahead. I strain toward what's ahead. So I forget, I neglect, I stop giving attention to what's behind me, and I strain toward what's ahead. Come on, how many of you know that the word strain sounds like there's some effort involved? <laughs> like I am straining toward what's ahead. I am pushing forward toward what's ahead. And the Greek word here for strain can also mean to stretch forward. And I get this picture, I get this picture of, of it's almost like your upper body and your, it's like, I know I need to be going forward, so I'm neglecting, I'm forgetting, I'm not giving attention to this, and I'm going to, I'm going to stretch forward. Come on, anybody ever had to stretch for something? It's like, I know that I can get there if I just stretch, if I just stretch toward, and Paul says, Here's what I do. I neglect what's behind me, and I start stretching forward toward what's ahead. I'm straining toward what's ahead. I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm not giving my attention to what lies behind me. My attention is focused on what God has before me. And I want to just remind us all of this verse because I'm telling you, I'm speaking this over somebody today that is struggling to believe it and you've surrendered your life to Jesus. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5 17. The same Paul wrote this down. He said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Somebody say, New creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we were in our Transform series, I think it was the second Sunday of the year. We were talking about how the Bible says that we, there's an inner reality. That when we've given our life to Jesus on the inside, we have been changed. 
We've been made whole. But some of us just need to allow that to manifest in our life. Like we need to tap into what has already been done on the inside of us. That you already are a new creation. So you need to just forget what's behind. Neglect what's behind. And start straining forward toward what God has for you in your life. In your marriage. In your family. In all of these areas of your life. And say God I'm going to ask. I'm going to seek. I'm going to knock. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep going. Come on I came today to tell somebody don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your kids. Don't quit on your career. Don't quit on your dream. Don't quit on what God promised you. Don't quit on your healing. Don't quit on what it is that you've been believing God for. There is more in store for you. Do not quit. Do not quit. Do not give up. Do not give up. When you feel like giving up, do not give up. No, I'm going to remind myself that I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and God is going to take care of me. I'm going to remind myself that I'm called to be persistent. I'm called to persevere. In this world, in this life, I will have trouble, but I'm going to take heart because God has already sent Jesus and Jesus overcame the world. And because he has already overcome, I can overcome. I am not giving up. I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on. I'm pressing on. I wish I could stand up here today and tell you that it's going to get easier. That's why I feel like the Lord gave me three principles that we're going to have to remind ourselves of. Three things, just to recap. Will you stand to your feet? We're going to put these up on the screen. Seek first the kingdom, be persistent, and press on. In everything, I'm seeking first the kingdom. There's a song right now that has been on repeat for me. It came out about a week ago, and and the entire song is just, it's basically just quoting scripture. And the chorus of that song just repeats over and over again. It says, seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. And it's repeated over and over and over again. And my prayer for you is that we would repeat that over and over and over and over and over again until you actually believe it. That you would leave today and knowing that... I. God knows everything that I need before I ever even ask Him. And so I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'm not seeking His hand. I'm seeking Him. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking, knowing that I will receive and I will find and the door will be open. I'm going to be persistent. And when I feel like giving up, I'm not giving up. Because I know I can press on. Not in my own strength. Listen, don't try to do it in your own strength. Don't try to come up with your own way of pressing on. No, you lean into God. You lean into God. You say, you know what? I'm I'm putting all of my faith, I'm putting all of my hope, I'm putting all of my trust in you. I'm trusting you in every area of my life, knowing that I can press on. I do not have to give up. I do not have to give up. I said it this way in the first service. I'll say it this way again because maybe it'll resonate with somebody. You're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. You're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. Where the enemy, where the enemy would have you believe that this is all there is and that it'll never change, it'll never get better, you'll never climb out of that depression, you'll never feel better, You'll never be able to forgive yourself. You'll never be able to move forward where the enemy would have you believe all of those lies. 
the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. We'll tell you, no, with my power, you can't forgive. With my presence, you can't press on. Because Jesus overcame, you can't overcome. Because, because I am the restorer, your relationship can be restored. Because I am the provider, I already have. Listen, he already has everything that you need. He's not, he doesn't have to go looking for it. He already has everything that you need. Seek him. Seek him. God, today I thank you. I thank you that you love us enough to remind somebody today they do not have to give up. Lord, I thank you that you see us right where we are, every single one of us individually in our relationships, in our careers, and with our families, and if we're discouraged, if we're depressed, if we're struggling with anxiety and worry, if we're struggling to trust you and believe you. And Lord, I pray that you would silence every lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, that we would be reminded today to seek first the kingdom, your righteousness, and all these other things will be added. That we would be reminded today that if we ask and keep on asking and seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking, that we can be persistent, we can persevere, we can keep trusting you, believing you, asking you, seeking you, knocking. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us today and as we walk out these doors that we can press on. We can press on. This is not the end. We will not give up. We will continue to follow you. We will continue to press on in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray right now as the prayer team comes for every person in this room today, Lord, you know exactly who they are, that they have something going on, whatever their need is. God, I pray that they would take a step today. That if anybody here needs prayer for anything in their life, Holy Spirit, would you draw every person who needs prayer for prayer in Jesus' name.